Why, hello everyone. I am cracking myself up already this morning. And before I share why, I will say hi to Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I, it's a way to put that teaser out there. I can't wait to find out why you're, why you're cracking yourself up. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we had talked about a game that I found on Facebook or the game found me, I guess is how you would say it, because it was an advertisement on Facebook and the name of the game was Really Karen. Oh, right. Do you remember that game? I do. And how we had talked about it previously. So I did order it and it did just arrive in the mail. I just took it out of the box last night and I am cracking up because I swear to you that they must have gone to your Facebook profile or have seen your Bitmoji to create the Karen that's in the center of the box. I am not kidding. It looks just like you. I know you sent me a photo of it last night and I I thought, okay, because it does look exactly like me. I'm not going to lie. It looks like my emoji. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) And I know I told you when you sent me that. Yeah. And it was ironic because I have I slipped into Karen mode uh, this week. And what? Yes, I did. I had an experience um, and I slipped into Karen mode. And I think I'm a, a modified version of Karen. Although in this situation, I did ask to speak with the manager. <laughs> but Okay, now you're throwing the teasers out there. So are you going to share what happened? Or are you going to let that dog lay? Oh, no, I'm going to sh- let the dog lie. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm absolutely going to uh, share what happened. And I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet. But Okay, well, let me just ask before you start, are you in a good mood going into recording this podcast? Yeah, that's on the fence. I'm on the fence with that. I'm I'm not exactly where my mood sits this morning, but I'm not in a bad mood. I'm in an anxious mood. Okay, well, I didn't want you sharing this story to cause <laughs> more angst <flipping> mood. <laughs> so why don't you just go ahead and um, share? I will. So I went to Las Vegas this week for the Las Vegas home um, product show. They have them all over the country. There's one in North Carolina, Atlanta, Dallas, but Las Vegas is convenient for me. I haven't been there in two years because of COVID. It was good to get back. And this year, I took two of my employees with me for various reasons, because when it's just myself and I'm picking product, I tend to get only what I like, and it's good to have other sets of eyes shopping with me to say, you know, this might do really well in your store. A different perspective. Right. And then for my employees, I think it's good experience for them. They normally wouldn't get the opportunity to go to this market. And I think it gives them a level of, I want to say ownership or excitement in the products we're carrying because they they're seeing where they're coming from they're getting the background of where these products are coming from and i think when you the more you know about the product when you've touched and, and you know you've held it and you've seen what kind of material it's made out of you know you've had a conversation with the rep for the company the manufacturer i think you just 
you become more attached to the product security in the store. All, all find. And, you know, there's a sense of pride too. I'm sure that when they see, the employees see this product in the store, they're like, I did that. I brought that in. And they, yeah, that excitement comes from there. So that's cool. Right. I mean, that's my goal going in. You know, hopefully that's what they experience anyway. But as a small business owner, you know, and I, I invited them to come, but I really felt like my small business really need, needed to pick up their hotel room. You know, so I paid for the, the, my business paid for their hotel rooms. And I had made the reservations several weeks ago. And as I always do, well, when you put in your, the reservation, when you make the reservation, the reservation at this particular hotel, you put in your billing information, your credit card information, and they use your name on the reservation. Okay, so it's my name, my business, my credit card information. And then you add the guests in the hotel room. So that what I thought is in that way, when they arrive, they can check in. Credit cards always on file, already on file. It'll be billed to that credit card. And I knew that the hotel would ask for a credit card for incidentals because my credit card paid for the room, right? Yeah, I'm tracking. Okay. Well, the hotel wouldn't let them check in without me and my credit card presence. I have had that happen in Vegas before too. And (laughs) I was pissed also. So I was at a different hotel for a variety of reasons. We won't go into the details of the reasons why I was because you're a hotel snob. I am. Well, okay. let's just throw it out there, Karen. <laughs> I'm a hotel snob, but I wasn't going to say this part. But I had complimentary nights at a different hotel that I may gamble in occasionally. And in Las Vegas, when you gamble enough, they offer you complimentary nights. And so when I knew that I was going to be in Vegas anyway, three months ago, I booked my hotel room on complimentary nights, meaning my rooms were free except for the resort fee and, you know, my incidentals. And that's a very good reason to stay at another hotel. Yes. But I honestly didn't want to pay the nightly price for my two employees. And that does sound like a hotel snob. You know, I really should have just put, but that hotel was expensive. And the hotel I put them in is extremely nice. It's a beautiful hotel. I happen to know that the Kardashians have stayed in this hotel before. And it was extremely less expensive than the other hotel. But so I was at the other hotel. I had met a friend for dinner. We were having dinner. It was 100 degrees outside. And I get a call from my one of my employees that said, we're here. We're we're here in the lobby. We can't check in because they need you and your credit card. Yeah. How quick did you go from zero to a? Uh, well, you're never zero. How quick did you go from <laughs> four to ten? <laughs> never zero. That's so funny. <laughs> Do you know me way too well? Not very. You know, it's like okay, I get it. Kind of. I'm not going to leave them stranded. And it's not their fault. The hotel isn't cooperating. So I'm going to get in a cab. I'm going to run over there. The friend I was with could play a slot machine. And we hadn't started dinner. We had just sat down to dinner. So, she, And she was good. So 
And in fact, she said, I'll just come with you and I'll go play in that casino while you work out this hotel room thing. Okay. But then when I went from four to 10 on my pissed off scale was when I got to the cab line and there were probably 20 people in line for a cab and not a cab to be found. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Vegas, baby. Welcome to post-COVID Vegas. No cabs. We have had that experience every time we've been there recently. Right. What was so frustrating is we could see the hotel I had to get to. And so my friend was like, couldn't we just walk (laughs) in 100 degrees? But yeah, it's not that far. But anyone who's been to Vegas knows that you can see the hotel and it doesn't seem that far. <laughs> but when you actually decide to walk, it's, it's a poke. And so we walked to the other hotel and it took us about 25 minutes to get over there. And I was hot and I was pissed. And I was like, I don't get why this won't work. And so by the time I met the, front desk agent that was supposed to check in. Yeah, by that time I was I was Karen. I was Karen. I was like, why the hell can't these two people check in without me? My credit cards on my card had already been charged for the room, just for the record. I had already charged online the rooms. So in my mind that's a prepaid room. So why would I have to present the card? for them to check in. Right. And good thing that your card wasn't left like in the safe back at the hotel room after you'd walked. That would have made it worse. I'm just saying. It was not with me. The card was not with me. So is that part of the, you had to go back and get the card or did they let you, what happened? Okay. So then I made them credit my business card, the amount that had already been charged to my card, (laughs) which for the record, $1149. That's $1,149 for three nights for the rooms. And um, then I had to put it on my personal card. And then I had to call my husband and say, I had to credit my business card because I didn't have it with me. And it was 100 degrees outside and I couldn't get a cab to go back to my hotel to pick up my card, to come back over to this hotel to show them the card that I had actually charged the room to. So... Yeah. So did you cause a scene? I mean, like, did it get loud? Well, okay. And so here is the deal. (laughs) It's like, I don't hear myself raising my voice. I think I can be angry and still be talking at this level. So when the woman behind the desk said, ma'am, you don't have to yell at me about this. I was like, am I yelling? And then everyone around you is a chorus. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. And I don't hear myself yelling. I am just, and this is exactly what I said. I said, I don't hear myself yelling. I am just so incredibly frustrated with this policy because I've already paid for the room on the card. Their name is on the room. I don't understand why you can't just give them the key to their room because. I've already paid for it and there shouldn't be an issue. So then she said, ma'am, I'm not going to help you until you calm down. Not the right words to say in that moment. Right. Because my inner voice is saying, 
you're just trying to explain yourself. You're just trying to explain why you're upset and why you're frustrated. So then I fire back at her, apparently, because I still don't hear the, (laughs) the increased volume in my voice. I just said, try to understand my friend's frustration. I just am trying to explain to you why this is frustrating for me. And then she said, ma'am, we are just trying to protect you and your credit card. So you need to have the card to check in. And, you know, so we went back and forth and I said, you know what? I realize that you are just following your rules. You are following the hotel policy. I really appreciate that. I don't mean to take it out on you. I realize there's nothing you can do for me. So I need to speak with your manager. So I did play the, I need to speak with the manager card. And she basically looked at me and said, good, because you're very difficult to work with. Wow. So I'm guessing that in the future, that hotel is off. Off the list, off the casino. Yeah, I will not work with that hotel again. Do you want to share here what hotel it was? Just I'm super curious. <laughs> um, it was the Palazzo. Oh, that really surprises me. Right? But okay, yeah, because we spend a lot of time there. We do. And I have stayed there before. And, you know, when Jeff and I travel together, a lot of times we are both coming from different locations. So we are very conscientious about making sure both of our names are on the reservation so that when one of us gets there, we can check in without the other person's credit card. So I was having a really hard time understanding what the difference was. Why was it that if my husband was showing up and that reservation was on my card, why Would he have not been able to check in? And she said, no, ma'am, he wouldn't have. We need the card on file with the person who made the reservation before any guest can check in. That is so stupid. Right. And didn't the Palazzo save your ass one time when there was a scheduling conflict at another hotel that you no longer stay at in Vegas? No, that was the other one. It was it was the wind. Oh, Which, that you went to. Okay. I thought it was a Palazzo, but it was the win. Okay. It was the win. Yeah. So I had the same conversation with the manager that I had with the desk, the original desk person that I was talking to. And the desk person was, while I was having the conversation with the manager, the desk person was crediting my business card and then charging my personal card. She was taking care of that while I was having a conversation with the manager. So it was the three of us having the conversation. And twice, twice, while I was talking to the manager, the woman who was changing my reservation rolled her eyes at me. And the second time she did it, I said to the manager, I said, excuse me. And I looked at her and I said, understand my frustration. Please don't roll your eyes at me. And she looked at me and then she looked at the manager and she said, I'm sorry, I cannot work with this woman. And she walked away. And what did the manager say about that? Because he had to be. It was a, it was a woman, actually. The manager was a woman. No. And I said to my husband later when I had to explain the whole situation, this manager was a very good manager who was either very talented at talking me off my close cliff, dealing with Karens like me or was very well trained 
in how to deal with Karens like me. Because I said to her, I said, I feel terrible that I am so frustrated and that I'm clearly raising my voice, even though I don't hear myself raising my voice. (laughs) But understand what I have experienced the last half hour. And I said, and I couldn't get a cab. And I walked here from another hotel to deal with this because I couldn't get my cab and it's a hundred degrees outside. And she looked at me, she goes, I bet you could really use a bottle of water. And she said, before we go any further, let me get you some water. And that in and of itself talked me off my cliff. Oh yeah. I bet that took you down from a 10 to an eight and a half. It did. Like that. I think it took me from a, just yes. Kindness. Yeah. I think it took me from a 10 to an eight. And then she brought me the water. And then she said to me, I can see where you would find this frustrating. I can understand how your experience has upset you. (laughs) It's like eight down to a seven. (laughs) I'm almost back to the four I was at when I came in. I mean, I'm at a seven now. So yeah, you're exactly right. She brought me down very quickly. And I still had to do, I still had to follow their policy. I still had to credit my account, charge it to my personal account. And I had to do what they needed me to do for my two employees to check in. But she did bring me off my ledge. Well, I'm happy that she was able to talk you down. She is definitely then a Karen whisperer. (laughs) Palazzo did a good job when they hired her. Because I imagine working with people who are so stressed out. Yeah, it it would get old really fast. So you have to have patience for it. You do. And, you know, by this time, as I said, it was dinner time. So who knows how long the desk agent had been standing behind that desk dealing with a bunch of Karens like me. She could have been dealing with them all day long. And she was just sick of it. And she was sick of people like me. But so here's my other point that I wanted to make about this story. So fast forward to my last morning at the hotel I was staying at, which for the record was the wind because I love the wind. Yeah, I'd already guessed that. Right. And so I'm sitting, they have a little, in their restaurant, they have a little seating area where you can have complimentary coffee while you wait for your table if you don't have a reservation for breakfast, which I didn't have a reservation. So I'm sitting in this complimentary area drinking, sipping on my coffee, waiting for my friend to come down and meet me for breakfast. And there's a man next to me at a table doing the exact same thing, drinking his coffee, waiting for his table. And at some point they come over, the hostess comes over and says to the man, would you like to just eat here instead of wait? It's about a 20 to 30 minute wait. We can bring you a menu and you can order and eat here. And he said, no, I'm waiting for my table. And then she offered me the same thing. And I said, actually, yes, I will eat here. And my friend and I will just drink our coffee and eat here. So then they come back like 10 minutes later and they, to the gentleman next to me and they say, sir, would you like to eat here? And he locked it. He was like, I've been waiting for 20 minutes for a table. Get me a goddamn table, is what he said. And then he says, I know the director of operations for this hotel. And if I call her right now, I will have a table in 30 seconds. 
And he said, this is totally unacceptable. This is why I hate this hotel. This is why I never eat here because I can never get a table when I want to eat. And I thought to myself, is he a Karen? Is anyone referring to him as a Karen? I'm surprised you didn't say to him, hey, Karen, you're a Karen. Yeah, Yeah. Karen, sit down and shut up. (laughs) Because I'm like, okay, are we dealing with a little bit of a double standard here? Because all of a sudden, middle-aged white female women are Karens when they create a scene about something that is somewhat justified. But this older gentleman who was tossing around names and tossing around his importance in life and demanding a table right now is not getting a Karen label. Yes, there is a male version. There is a name that they oh, use. Yeah, asshole? I just looked it up while you were. Oh, well, kidding. asshole would be good. But um, the actual name that is, what did I type into my search? Um, the male version of Karen. That name is Ken. You could have called him a Ken. Okay, but we've never even heard of that, right? It's like this. No, I heard of it. I, oh, I knew you? there was one. I just have heard of several different names and I couldn't recall what it was in the moment. So I looked it up. It's Ken. Well, okay. I just think that women are getting the short end of the stick here. I mean, it's like all of a sudden there's a name and a label that everyone knows what a Karen is. But when a, when a man acts the exact same way or worse, because I don't think I talked that woman down when I was apparently yelling at her. I was just explaining my frustration. I didn't throw out things like, if I do this, you know, you guys are all going to be fired. You know, I didn't pull any of that crap. <laughs> I feel like our society still accepts that behavior from men, doesn't accept it from women. Yeah, there's not a game out there called Really Ken. I yeah, mean, exactly. Exactly. So why is it that I have to, I mean, I was just standing my ground. This guy, I think, was a complete jerk. But as I told my friend that I was having breakfast with that morning, the hostesses at this um, restaurant were not intimidated by this man at all. He sat there for another 15 minutes before he got his table. And um, he didn't call the director of operation for that restaurant. He didn't have a table within 30 seconds like he's told everyone he would. He waited until it was his turn to get a table. And then they took him to his table. Right. And they probably dragged their feet a little bit after that. I mean, That's what I thought. I, thought, I might have dropped yeah. his name off the list or dropped it down a few. <laughs> I know. And make the, make the idiot wait. I mean. It's like he just really, okay, and I, I'm thinking in my mind as I pause there, he berated that hostess. I don't feel like I berated that desk attendant that helped me because I was just frustrated about the situation and I explained that to her. I didn't call her names. I didn't threaten her. I did ask to speak with her manager, but I apologized to her saying, I realize there's nothing you can do and that you're just following the rule. You know, so I felt like there was some difference in how he treated that hostess. But now that I'm thinking about it, it 
it's like, okay, was there a difference? No, there really is a, a difference because there's a difference where you're frustrated. And as you're saying, you're sharing your experience and how you got here. You just want to be heard. So I tend when I get upset, which isn't that often to kind of walk that line and I don't turn it on the person and, you know, yell at them like, you're so stupid, you're so dumb, da, 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 which, you know, I think that's the difference you're talking about, how you can do it and explain it from your point of view and why you're frustrated and your situation, whereas other people may come at it and put that anger on the individual person, calling them names and it, it is different. So I, I do see the difference you're talking about. But I guess the one thing that I do have to really pay attention to is the escalation of the volume of my voice, because I honestly did not think I was yelling at that woman. And she really heard me yelling. Did you ask your friends afterwards if they heard you yelling? I did. And she is a friend, but she's also an employee. And she did say, I don't think you were yelling, but I could tell you that you were upset. But if I read between the lines, she was maybe saying, oh, yeah, you were yelling. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you you were yelling. Because you're my boss. <laughs> and I'm not going to. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, if someone feels like they're being yelled at, I must be yelling. You know what I'm saying? It's like from their perspective, they're being yelled at. So I have to change my tone. That's on me. I have to adjust and I have to pay attention to that because I, I've been called out on that before, not a lot of times, but I've been called out on that before where someone has said, you don't need to scream. You don't need to yell. And it's like when I'm pretty taken aback by that, because it's like, am I yelling? I, I, I guess I'm yelling. And I don't, I honestly don't hear it in my voice. Uh, well, if we're ever together and I hear you yelling, I'm just going to mouth those words, you're yelling and just leave it there because you might then bite my head off because at that point you might not want to hear it, but I will give you a heads up. Yeah, that's exactly true. That's, that's exactly true because I am at a point where I'm at out of 10 and yeah, and telling me that I'm yelling when I'm already at a 10 is just going to make me angrier. Right. And talking to you, I don't think it's fair that we stop that number at 10. I mean, I know there has to be a stop point, but you know, you might have been above a 10. Um, no, I wasn't above a 10. That I can honestly say. In your mind. In you didn't my even mind. hear yourself yelling. Right. But I can compare it to other times when I considered myself at a 10, when I, when I admit that, yes, I was yelling. And so I, I would say I was maybe Going in, the highest I got was a nine based on previous experiences in my mind. I realized that the person that on the receiving end was probably thinking, oh my God, this woman's off the charts. But I've been more angry going in or more frustrated. So anyway, so enough about me being a Karen again. Yeah. And you know, I, again, I'm looking at this box and I... I'm kicking myself in the ass because I have procrastinated so much. We don't have social media out there, but you know, this might prompt me to go to Instagram and at least start an orange juice optional Instagram page and post your bitmoji and then your Karen and they'll be able to see. 
<laughs> so if you're listening to this, this is my challenge to myself. Check our Instagram out because there may be one this afternoon because yeah. this is really, <laughs> really. It really is unbelievable. When you, yeah, when you sent that to me last night, it's like, are you kidding me? How did they know? How did they get that? Yeah. So, wow. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, we haven't talked in probably 10 days or since the last podcast because you've been in Vegas and I have been in Anchorage just drowning or I can't even think of the right word under the weight of everything going on, all the pressures, everything that needs to get done, the dogs. So yeah, I really haven't had a chance to talk to you. So yeah, they heard the story as I heard the story. And yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. But all of that being said, it was a very productive week. And I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am about the products that are going to be in my store going into the fall and into the holidays. It's like, oh my goodness, there was some fantastic stuff out there this time. And I just have to say, you sent me a teaser because I love the show Vanderpump Rules and I think Lisa has exquisite taste and you went to her market spot and were sending me pictures, these little teasers. And I'm like, yes, you're going to get me to Scottsdale. And it's a new showroom. I think this was its premiere. And they had beautiful things in that showroom. Beautiful things. Well, there were so many new showrooms and so much fresh product. And probably, I would think coming off of COVID, you know, I think we're all craving that, including the vendors that are selling. You know, it's like, let's freshen things up. Let's get some new things out there. And oh my goodness, I'm just so excited. So do you think there's going to be that supply issue that has been with the um, past ordering recently? Well, every single vendor I visited, we had this conversation because I had previously gotten some warning emails from some of the vendors that I do a lot of work with saying fourth quarter inventory is low and it's for all retailers. I think all retailers are getting the same message that inventory will be low. So order now and get what you can now because you're not going to be able to reorder until first quarter of next year. Um, Things will be gone because I think there's such a demand for it. So I shopped very aggressively. (laughs) That's the moral of the story. I shopped very aggressively I like how you put that. Instead of I spent a lot of money, it's I shopped very aggressively. (laughs) The two go hand in hand. I get it. But um, I think it was worth it because I think hopefully I have enough. Hopefully it's going to get us through the holidays. And I'm just so excited about what we have. And yeah, so it's going to be good. Yeah. Well, I wish I could have joined you in Vegas except for that little blurb of time at the Palazzo. But yeah, no, I, I'm in Anchorage. Yeah. Yeah. With me, you've got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> you, you you definitely do need to do that. So I'm thinking of a story that I forgot to share with you and I think oh, you're really going to appreciate it. It was a moment of genius and a moment of WTF also. But, you know, we've been showing our house and part of that challenge right now is we have the dog, so we have to take them with us. And I know I've talked about the little dog doing this previously, getting sick in the car, right. and it just turning into a disaster. Well, 
happened again. Oh. And Rob was definitely in the car with me. And it got to that point where we're both stressed out. You know, like, what do we do? Like, the people are still at our house and we have to let her out. They're whining. We have to let her out. So we go down to the local park. And this dog, the little one, is not trained and does not come back if she gets away from you. And we had no leashes with us. Oh, no. I was like, do we have anything in this car right now where we can like put her on a leash or put her on something so we can get her back? And I am looking. And now this, again, was a moment of brilliance, but also a moment of what did I just do? The only thing I had in the car that halfway could be a leash was the strap to my Louis Vuitton purse. (laughs) So I had to unhook it from my purse, which was very easy to do because it has a clip just like a a dog leash. Right. And we use that to take the dog in that moment. That is so brilliant. Would you have done that with your purse? Um, That's a good question. I don't know if I would have. I don't know. Yeah, at least the the strap on it wasn't one of those like gold link straps. It was a leather one. So I could wipe it down when I was done because it, uh, yeah. But anyhow, yeah, that was very, very frustrating. This whole journey of selling a house is frustrating. And I do have to tell you one more story. Like I had a friend in town this weekend. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I was very stressed out because a showing was scheduled for 445 on Saturday. Uh So my friend and Rob got to go out and have a good afternoon. And I stayed behind and cleaned because that's what I do. I'm a perfectionist. I want my house to show well. Absolutely. They locked me out of my house. So they they did come to the house at the scheduled time, 445. They, they toured the house and then they locked the door that I always go in and out and I didn't have a key with me. So I got locked out of my house, which just like elevated my stress beyond. I was like oh. so mad. Yeah. It, it turned out to kind of cause a disruption later on in the night. Mm. I'll share that later. But um, anyhow, Jenny sent me feedback that these people shared with her. Jenny, our realtor. Oh, right, right. So the feedback was the taxidermy was too much. (gasps) Oh. Okay. That's fine. It's not for everybody. It's not even for Michelle. I inherited this when I got my husband. Like, it came with him. Right. I get it. But if you go to any site, if you go to Zillow, Red, is it Redfin? Yep. Redfin. The MLS. There are pictures of the house and everywhere in the pictures is the taxidermy showing. So they caused me all sorts of stress to come into my house, a house they should have known was full of taxidermy because of the pictures. And that was their one comment. Huh. And they locked me out. So there's my little rant about this selling process, which absolutely sucks. But I have an end date September 21st. Yes, you do. Because I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah. Good for you. So as I hear it, though, are they saying maybe as a suggestion, remove the taxidermy while you're showing your house so it shows differently? I don't know that they said it as a suggestion because the house has been on the market for 54 days. Uh Yeah, 54 days of like last minute showings and cleaning it up. And yeah, I'm beyond with this already. But anyhow, all the, the comments have been, it's too close to a main road and the master bedroom is not located next to the other bedrooms. And if you have small kids, that could be an issue. Taxidermy has never come up, but we've expected it. And we know it's not some people's thing. And we just kind of, you know, it is what it is. We're not leaving it here. It's going with us 
Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh, that's a shame. It might even be on the Arizona. Oh. Huh. Wow. So have fun incorporating that into the new house design. Oh, I done. I can do that. Easy. Easy, easy. Yeah. So no, I get it's a suggestion. It's not for everyone, but we are in Alaska and this is part of a lot of homes in Alaska. It is. That's true. And my only point was you saw it in the pictures. And if you didn't like it, you shouldn't have come looked at it because it really displaces a family when they have to leave, <laughs> especially when they're not very good with like, or not used to having to do more than just deal with the two of them. <laughs> that house is going to sell. And then when it finally sells, it'll all be worth it. It'll be like, thank goodness we're done with that. So yep, experiences in selling a house. I know it will sell. The time is right. It's a beautiful home. It's just having patience. And we all know that is not a strong suit of mine. Well, especially when it's something like selling a house. I mean, you really, it really would be nice to get that behind you. Yeah, it's just getting something else off the plate. So my attention isn't so distracted or overwhelmed. Right. So when you say that, that makes me think of something, um, getting things off your plate. Because before we started this podcast, although I took the first half hour telling my Karen story, so really it cut into the, our topic of the day, but because we want to discuss how we feel about procrastination, right? Right. Yeah. And we can save that for next week. That's an already built-in topic. Right. But I just want to say it is a built-in topic, but when we talk about getting things off our plate, I always think that because I am a procrastinator. I am a person that, and I really have to force myself not to procrastinate things. And it's such a great feeling when you can get it off your plate. When you actually take care of something, you accomplish it, it's done, and it's off your plate. No more procrastination. Right. It, it does feel so incredibly good. And this just came to mind. So I'll just throw it out there. Have you ever, or do you live your life by making to-do lists? That's so funny that you say, I have a mental to-do list and my sister writes things down. She is a list maker and my husband is a list maker. And he says where he writes down what he has to get done. What about you? Well, I am more of a mental list maker also, but as I get older, a few things like fall off that list. So um, writing it down is not a bad idea moving forward, but typically mental list. But when I get super overwhelmed, I will write out a to-do list and I will start with everything I've had on my plate, like in the last week, just so I can cross things off and feel accomplished. And that's exactly it, because there is this huge sense of accomplishment when you can cross it off your list. Right. Even if I had grocery shopped on Monday, on Wednesday, when I write my list, I write grocery shop so I can just cross it off. That's so funny. I was just listening to someone else talk about that, talk about their to-do list and how they write on their to-do list, go to work, because they're able to cross it off when they actually go to work, then they cross it off their list and it gives them a sense of accomplishment. And I do know that when my list, my mental list gets too long and things are going to start dropping off because I'm going to forget about them, I do write lists just so I don't forget 
something because it doesn't get lost in my list, my mental list. In the clutter of it, in the overwhelm of it. Yeah. That's just life right now. But endpoint, endgame is coming and it'll all work out the way it's supposed to. I know it. And then this week, while you're in Vegas, also the company that our husbands work for have been having meetings. So we have had dinners every night. And yeah, it's been really busy too. So add that on top of everything else. But everybody's been so kind and gracious and supportive. You've been really missed at the dinners because I have been the only female amongst males. And while they are so super wonderful and including me in the conversation, sometimes when I'm talking, I can kind of see them start to glaze over. Like she's taking a really long time to get to the point. And well, and I just have to say that I really missed being there because we, when you and I are together at those dinners, we really enjoy ourselves. We really have a good time. And I was feeling very lonesome for that, knowing that I was missing out. It's, it's the FOMO part of it. It's like, I'm missing out because we have fun when we go to those dinners. Right. So you're feeling FOMO even when you're in Las Vegas in your element with the slot machines cha-ching, you're still feeling FOMO. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a revised version of FOMO because, yeah, I knew I, I've known from the beginning I had to be in Vegas for this. I love going to Vegas, having a great time in Vegas. But yeah, I miss being there with you. I miss being with our friends. And yeah, I. I was feeling missed out. I left out. I was feeling like I was missing out on something. Yeah. Well, I will say that uh, I've learned a couple stories about you that I didn't know previously oh. at one of these dinners. And yeah. Like, what did my husband tell you? I want to hear what story he told about me. Well, it's one, I guess your whole family was laughing at you <laughs> the night before, like it had been a conversation at the house. They were recalling the story about this one time when you were sick and you don't get sick very often. And Jeff pretty much said he's never seen you stomach sick. Oh, do you know the story? I maybe know the story, but yeah, just refresh my memory because I don't get sick very often. So I'm, I'm assuming that the story goes back to the very last time I was stomach sick, which was probably three years ago. And I feel like I'm jinxing myself when I say that because, you know, I'll probably get sick. But anyway, so I'm assuming that's where his story is coming from. Right. Uh, well, I don't know how long ago it was, but apparently him and your boys and the nanny and Jamie all got a really good laugh about it. But it had something to do with he came into the room and asked you if you needed anything. and you said a fan, F-A-N, but what he heard was a pan. So he went into the kitchen and brought you a pan <laughs> and you lost it. <laughs> you went from your four to a 30 or something like that, the way he described it. But they were all laughing about that story because... I, of course, do not remember that, but that sounds very like a conversation that Jeff and I would have because I... Many times, even when I'm not sick, he'll ask me if he can get something for me. And I will say something like, I need a fan. And he will hear pan and he'll go get me a pan. And even if I'm not sick, that's something that would just irritate me to death. It's like, I said, 
fan. What the hell am I going to do with a fan? And I'm sure his mind was, she's going to puke again. And she doesn't want to puke on the floor. It was, it was. (laughs) And he said that you already had five pans near you and he didn't see them. And so he thought when you, or maybe he did see them. So he thought it wasn't weird for you to ask for another pan. Yeah, no. And that's, that's just exaggeration for the sake of the story, because the few times in my life, okay, when I was younger, I would always have not a pan, but something near me in case I couldn't make it to the bathroom to puke. <laughs> but yeah, we always had a throw up bucket at our right. house. Yes. Yeah. And, and I know that's gross. Sorry. I know. It's true. <laughs> but I would say if he was referring to the last time I was sick, which was at least three years ago, maybe it was even four years ago, I was close enough to the bathroom that I did not have five pans by me by the bed because I I know I mentally knew I could make it to a, a bathroom <laughs> to vomit. I think your kids were there this time because it sounded like they were in the room when this all went down. Okay, and see that couldn't have happened either. They couldn't have been in the room because okay, when maybe I, I misunderstood. Yeah, because when I'm sick, I isolate. It's like nobody comes near me. I am one of those people that you just get away from me, don't come near me, and I will lock myself in a room where I have no one, no one talks to me, no one is around me. I just disappear. And I knew that about you. And so when I probably missed something in the interpretation of it because it had been after a long, stressful day and maybe a bottle or two of wine that we all shared, not just me. Right, right. And so maybe I missed something there. No, you probably didn't. And it's probably how Jeff told the story, which is fine because it was probably a hilarious story. I have no recollection of it, but I was obviously sick. And so I didn't care. And it's something I probably blocked out. But um, So he's a supersizer like Rob, because Rob will take a piece of information and a story. And then when he retells it, it supersizes each time he tells it. And yeah, and I would say, okay, I was just going to bring this up because I've always said it's okay to exaggerate for the sake of a story. So if you're telling a story and it needs just a little bit of exaggeration for the sake to make it a good story, it's like, I'm okay with that. Exaggerate. You know, yeah, I I get that. And I think that you just have to, when it's all relative, you take it with a grain of salt. It's like, it probably didn't happen quite like that, but it was still a good story. Right. And you know, exaggerating stories, once they get too far exaggerated is a huge pet peeve of mine because I'm sitting there going, it didn't happen like that. And Rob's like, just flow with the story. And I'm like, no, but it didn't happen like that. So (laughs) yeah, I'm a buzzkill. Party, not favor. Yeah. Well, and when I'm the subject of the story, you can only take exaggeration to a certain point. And then I will call If Jeff's telling the story, I'll call him out on it. I'll say, wait just a minute. That is not how it happened. But i that's the only time I do it is if I'm the subject of the story. Because it's like, okay, yeah, you've pushed this one just a little too far. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I I don't want to give you much more FOMO, and I'm sure this won't FOMO you. But the only other thing I'll say about the dinner is your husband, when you're not around, he feels more comfortable telling his jokes because a couple of times Suzanne would kill me if she were here to say, and I'm like, but she's not. So go ahead, speak it. I want to hear it. (laughs) That's funny. 
I think it's because I hear the same jokes all the time. And I'm surprised that you don't hear the same jokes over and over from him because, yeah. Well, I do. I, I'm talking about the jokes that are a little more about me raunchy or inappropriate, like not raunchy in like a a bad way, but maybe have a little zinger that he doesn't like to tell in front of women. But heck, I'm one among four or six or whatever the number of guys has been. Right. Well, and yes, that's true. I probably would have killed him because I don't think those are appropriate jokes to tell in any setting. Well, they were funny and they were harmless, but I just was like, yeah, she probably would kill you right now. Yep, probably. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear he had a good time. I'm glad he had yeah, fun. Yeah, no, it's been nice. Even though you haven't been there, Christy hasn't been there. It's been nice. I'm holding it down for everybody and we'll have a lot of talk about. Yeah, you're taking one for the team, frankly. And I'm getting good dinners out of it. Well, good point. I know. Jeff was telling me where you guys were eating dinner in Anchorage and it's like, oh, all my favorite places. Yeah. Tonight is Simon's, which, okay, would you go? Here's the million dollar question. Uh-huh. None of the other spouses are in town. I am the only spouse of this group of six. I think there might be seven and I have been invited to dinner. Do I go? You know, for me, I think it would depend on my mood. I mean, am I in the mood? Because these are, these are all, these six men that are at this dinner are all very good friends of ours. And I'm talking about they're friends of yours, they're friends of mine. We get along great. They know us very well. You don't feel awkward being the only woman at the table. It's really about, are you going to get bored? Is it going to be a long night? And- exactly. And it's so funny as we're sitting here talking about this because JC does listen to our podcast. <laughs> and even though this will be next week after the event, JC will know how the outcome came. But he's going to be yelling at the the podcast in his car, wherever he listens to it. Yes, you come, you know, because that's what he said to me every step along the way. So he'll be very surprised to hear me talking about it. And it probably will raise his blood pressure just a little to hear this conversation. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But that being said, yeah, but there, it's great having a person like that in your life who makes you feel like they want you there. You know, it's like, yes, you come. Of course you come. I mean, that not that why we love JC? Because he makes yeah. you feel like you belong and that you would be missed if you don't come. Of course you're going to come. Why wouldn't you come? And that's so true. And that's how that whole group is. So I probably will go because I like to be supportive and I probably will go. I'll have to let you know. Yeah, you will have to let me know. But I think that I can honestly say I would be on the fence like you knowing the dinner is tonight. Still, I will not have made up my mind by now. You know, it's like, "Mm, see how I feel at dinner. Do I feel like going or do I feel like staying home? Yeah. And I probably will go to the wire on that because it's a busy day. I have to help my sister with a project. My parents are coming in because the garage sale is this weekend. Oh, hey, wait. It just depends on how much I get done. Don't sell those Adirondack chairs. <laughs> I'm not. No, those are yours. Those have a sold sign on And it's Woo-hoo! a mutual sold sign as well. Yeah. I'm going to remind um, someone to go pick those up, tr- hopefully before your garage sale. I will take care of that. They are on the front porch away from anything we're selling. So yeah, they're safe. 
Well, that's good. Well, you do have a busy day. So it, I will be anxious to hear what you decide to do. Yeah, I'll let you know. Maybe uh, on the next podcast, I'll share that with you because I wouldn't want to give you a FOMO like when I decide to go because I probably will to send a message like I'm going to go because then you'll be sitting at home with your popcorn and your Chardonnay and you'll be feeling FOMO. I will be feeling FOMO. But three hours later, when I'm still at dinner, you'll probably be in, <laughs> in your pajamas. Right. So. But yeah, when I'm yeah getting ready to go to sleep, I'll be like, thank God I'm not at that dinner. Yeah. Well, we have filled this hour. Yes, we have. And we never even got to our topic. So I'm going to procrastinate in sharing it. Huh. Didn't you like, like how I did that there? That was clever. Yeah. So clever, the clever. topic's of course, procrastination. And we have a lot to say on that, but yes, we, we procrastinate until next time. And with all that shared, I guess all I can say is cheers, Karen. <laughs> cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D. I-G-Y C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Prodigy. Our next host is for you. Cheers. Cheers.